Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I'm here on location at the Focus SLS Conference in Phoenix, Arizona, with 8,000 amazing young people and an amazing guest here. He gave a great keynote talk last night, Father Mike Schmitz. You all know Father Mike Schmitz from his YouTube channel, from his many talks. He's an incredible evangelist in our modern age, and we're excited to have him on the show. I don't know if you all know, but he has a new book that he co-authored with Jackie and Bobby Angel. It's all on discernment. So it's on discernment. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. And you can find out about that at ascensionpress.com. And I know with all the young people here, they're all thinking about discernment. It's a big question. It's a big it's question. question. They're probably. thinking about discerning their vocations. They're thinking about even just discerning their next steps in life. What am I going to do after graduation? Sometimes people take discernment so seriously, they're thinking about discerning. What talk do I go to this afternoon? You know, they get really intense and spiritual about everything. So we're excited to have Father Mike here to talk about discernment. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can text all things Catholic to 33777. So again, if you want to subscribe to the podcast and get the show notes, you can text all things Catholic to 33777. But Father Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you a ton. I really appreciate it. So tell me, uh, discernment. What? what yes. you, you've done so much work with college campus ministry for about ten years now. Yeah, oh, sixteen. Sixteen. I years. think fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. This is my fifteenth year on campus. Yeah, you are. You're. You're an expert in this. You've accompanied many young people through discerning various things. Should yeah. I break up with this guy? Should we get married? What do I do after graduation? Right. What are some of the things you find young people like their their struggles when it comes to discernment? Well, I, that's it. I think the biggest question. Well, so actually, one of the things I found is that the angst or like the struggle that comes be behind discernment is a lot of times when it's like, I just want to do what God wants me to do. I just want to just, God, you just let me know what you want me to do. A lot of times is because yes, I do want to do God's will. Like that, that is my desire, my heart. Um, but a lot of times mixed in with that is God, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it because I want to avoid the responsibility that comes along with making a decision. So you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's kind of that, that sense of, uh, um, that way, if it goes well, that's great because God's perfect plan. And if it goes poorly, then I get to blame God. Um, but either way, I'm not necessarily having to be responsible for what I have to the next step. And so that's one of the temptations we have to over-spiritualize decisions. Like, you know, okay, so here's the lunch. There's the turkey line or the ham line. What should I do? God, you tell me. And like, no, just pick, just make a decision. And sometimes that's that part of the book, right? Is pray, decide, and don't worry. Because um, part of the process of discernment is decision. And it's not the last process. And like sometimes that's not the last step. It's so. Here's an example. Um, I do a lot of marriage prep uh, with couples, and that's the best way to do marriage prep with couples. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad good. you're it, not doing marriage it, prep it, with just single people. It's good to have themselves. two of them. It's good <laughs> to have two of them. Um, but uh, they'll have this frustration over uh, like making decisions as a couple. So just the easy one to pick is where should we eat? And here's the guy who gets this. He gets so frustrated. He's like, "What the heck?" She says, "You know what?" You decide, I don't care. Just you well, you pick, I don't care. And he's like, okay, well, let's go to a Chipotle. No, I don't like Chipotle. You said you didn't care. You said, no, just pick again. Okay, fine, let's go to um, Olive Garden. I hate Olive Garden. No, pick again. He's like, listen, either you don't care and you want me to pick or um, you do care. Just, just you, you pick. And one of the things that comes out of this is like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is not failure. This is not uh, like she's doing something wrong, you're doing something wrong. This is part of the process, like part of the process. What she's asking you to do really is you throw up some targets 
If they're any good, I'll pick one. If they're not, I'll shoot them down. And that's not, that's not failure. That's, I've decided, no, 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 that's not good enough. Decide again. And sometimes when it comes to the Lord, we want the decision to be the last step as opposed to like, no, the decision is part of the process. So, oh gosh, okay, should I marry this person? Should I date this person? Um, we'll ask her out or ask him out. That's not the last step. That is one of the steps. And now we want on a date. Do you want another date? No. Okay. Yes. Great. Doesn't matter because a big piece of discernment is going to be taking multiple steps or making multiple decisions and calibrating based off of the fruit of those decisions. That what a thought that I have. Yeah. So, you know, that you mentioned a couple of things here. One is, you know, the ten, the tendency to spirit over spiritualize even yeah. the smallest things. Like I've heard people say things like, well, I don't know if I'm going to go to SLS because I don't feel called. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or, uh, or you can just ask, you want to come on this retreat this weekend? Well, I don't feel called. Yes. <laughs> I love this line. You know, on one hand, you know, it's exciting because the fact that there are so many young people today actually caring about You're God's right, will. Right. Like they actually uh, at least acknowledge there's a God and this God I recognize does have a plan for my life. Yeah. So they want to discern things. I mean, I would say probably back in our day, there just weren't many other people around us that were trying to discern right. God's will. Like that. So thanks be to God that we have this. And yet when I hear this, oh, I don't feel called. I just, I'm a little suspicious of that. Yeah. I, I wonder how much is it really about like, am I really discerning God's will? Or when I say I don't feel called, I'm just basically saying, I don't want to. Right, exactly. And I'm going to blame God. You I'm know, not what? willing to say. Because I, I don't, don't have a to. spiritual feeling, so I guess I shouldn't go to conference. Or right. I don't have a spiritual feeling, so I won't go on this retreat, whatever that is. And, you know, there's a lot of things in life that it's not about, like, your feelings. You know, I don't have peace. You know, when people say, that, I don't have peace about this decision. I, again, I, I, I want to poke at that a little bit. So right, like, yeah. Well, did Jesus have peace in the Garden of Gethsemane? No, he's sweating blood. <laughs> it's intense. It's an agony, right? You know, Mary at the cross, that was intense. And yet they both surrender to the Father's will. Yeah. And so there's times where God calls us to do things that are difficult, that are challenging, that will involve the cross. And at the surface level, we're not going to experience any peace. Yeah. But at the deeper level, at the deeper level, when we do God's will, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, there is a deeper peace that comes. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe one last thought here, Father, is that as an early Jesuit maxim, like from the early Jesuits, it said, usually your first emotional re response to like a, a, a possibility, like, you know, should I do this or should I do this? Should I go to the seminary? Should I, whatever. You know, your first emotional response usually is not a sign of God's will. Yeah. It's a sign of your own disordered attachment to right. something where you're too attached to a certain dream for your own life. You're not really. And so you have this emotional response. And I think a lot of people will just say, oh, I don't feel peace because it's that initial emotional, you know, oh, I don't know if I could move to that new city or I don't know if I could, you know, go to the center, whatever it is. They're so nervous, you know, but, and they, they take that as God's will. Oh, I don't have peace. So therefore right. I won't do it. Uh, whereas God's peace is much deeper and he oftentimes is calling us to give up those attachments. Well, I know that for myself, when I, um, when I discerned uh, to go to the seminary, which had been after 10 years of everyday praying, I mean, Every uh, time I prayed, I said, God, just tell me what to do. Same kind of thing. I don't want to, <laughs> I just want to do it. Um, take me off the hook. Um, every time I went to mass, every time I went to, went to a retreat, it was always, God, just, what do you want? After 10 years of praying like this, it became absolutely clear that like, this is the next step. This is where I, I need to go. Um, when I said yes to that, there was this depth of peace and depth of joy. But I always describe it like, um, uh, have you ever been scuba diving? Um, or have you seen it on movies where they're like, sitting on the boat on the ocean and the waves are going up and down. I did this one time. The waves are going up and down, and up and down. You're sitting on the gunnel, you know, and you have the mask on and the big tank. And it's so, so it's it's heavy. And the water is going up and down and up and down. It's it's not calm. It's kind of chaotic a little bit. But then you fall off the back and just kind of let that 
and you go two feet under the water and it's absolutely calm. So the this, this sur surface is still um, rough. The surface mm -hmm. is still kind of anxious and stirred up. But really where it matters is this depth of calm and joy. So that was how I described like when I finally mm -hmm. said yes, because I had I, this girl that I was planning on getting married to at the time. And I was like, so I was devastated, heartbroken, you know, for the top two feet of water. It was a really big deal. But really deep down, there was a, a different sense of peace that I hadn't experienced before. I mean, it was it was something, a different quality. Um, and it reminds me of something one of our students had said to me. He was in prayer. And he's like, yeah, the Lord just talked to me. He, he said something. He made it very clear. Um, he said, our emotions, don't they don't reveal the truth about reality. But our emotions do reveal the condition of our heart. And so that, that, that's so important because it's like, should I do that or not? Is it right or not? I don't feel like, no, no. Our emotions don't reveal the truth about reality, but they do reveal the, the condition of our heart. Like, like you said, I might be attached to something that I shouldn't be attached to, or I might be really inclined to something that I think is for myself. It's the, the, the preferred idea. And uh, so it, it does reveal something, but it doesn't necessarily reveal my next step. It just might reveal um, what I need to address that's in my heart, you know? Yeah, that whole role of the emotions. We've been actually talking about this a lot in Focus. We're doing a lot of formation yeah. with the missionaries to really get a proper anthropology, you know, the basic things. Like, you know, we're, we're all created with an intellect, a mind to reason, and a will to choose. And then we have these powerful passions and emotions here. And yet, many times when people are living a Christian life, they lead more with their emotions sometimes. Yeah. Even really good, I mean, devout Christians, devout Catholics, they're really fervent about their faith. How have you seen that kind of fall into you know young people in their own discernment well i think a lot of it has to do with what you said about the uh like i don't know i don't really feel called to this kind of thing anymore or um it even has to do with how people make decisions about um or discernment about like their career there's this myth we've been sold that you uh you have to find your passion like find your passion and follow your passion that the way to be happy is to find whatever you're passionate about and then just like give your whole heart to it like no that is that's baloney. That's like, that's never worked for anybody. In fact, Steve Jobs, uh, at one point, uh, he gave a, a commencement address in, at Stanford, I think. And that's what he told all these graduating seniors from Stanford. He said, you guys, you got to find your passion and follow your passion no matter what. And there was this guy who did an article about this. And he said, actually, I went back and researched Steve Jobs as a college-aged student. Um, if he would have found his passion and followed his passion, what would he have ended up doing? And when he was a college-aged student, Steve Jobs' passion was Zen Buddhism. And so the reason he did electronics in the first place was because he wanted to fund his trips to uh, Japan to go to Zen Buddhist monasteries or to go up Northern California to visit these monasteries. And so if, if Steve Jobs had followed his passion, he would have never, we wouldn't have iPhones because he would have invested himself in a, in a thing that was just purely emotional interest-based. What he did was, I love this. It's a, a Cal Newport has written a book about this. And he said, um, he said, don't follow your passion. He said, it's something along the lines of uh, develop your abilities. So whatever it is you're, you have facility at. So develop your abilities and then leverage those abilities to create something new. Now, it doesn't have to be something new like, you know, you just reinvented the stock market. But it'll be in the sense of like you've now become excellent at a thing. So Mike Rowe, a third guy right now, uh, Mike Rowe with his Dirty Jobs stuff. He said, he said, one of the things I discovered in Dirty Jobs is all these people who were working in sewage. They're working in like, you know, waste transportation. They're working these jobs that no one else wanted. He said they were the, among the happiest people I'd ever had the privilege to work with. He said, I follow them around and all their job is, is to transport waste, like human waste or animal waste from this place to that place. A, they were really wealthy. B, they were incredibly happy. And C, none of them had a passion for transporting waste from here to there. <laughs> he said, they just like, here's something um, I can do. I got a job. 
wait, I can be really good at this. And then they leverage that ability to do something remarkable. And so again, following your one's passion is never a good remedy for, uh, never a good route for happiness. Cause that's joy even, like joy is not um, the goal. Joy is the fruit of having a bigger goal. And that goal, of course, we would say in Christian terms is to have the Lord, you know, that'd be the, the fruit of having the Lord is joy, but I digress. Well, we are with Father Mike Schmitz here at the, on location at the Focus Conference in Phoenix, and he wrote the introduction to a new book. I believe you wrote the intro. Is that right? To this, the, the Pray, Decide, and Don't yes. Worry? Yes. I wrote the intro, I think. I wrote an intro to every one of the chapters as well. Okay. So every chapter has a little uh, snippet from me, and then Bobby and Jackie and I collaborated on a lot of other parts. But the bulk of it is just from uh, Bobby's own lived experience and Jackie's lived experience, too. It's so good because here's Bobby, who, again, when it comes to how... Decisions are not usually the, the not the last step. Bobby, who had you know gone to seminary, didn't end up being a seminarian. Went to do this work, that work, other thing, and here they are. Uh, he and uh, Jackie as husband and wife with a bunch of kids, and um, yeah, because God's an act of God. He's living, and uh, we have to be content with being uncertain. Yeah, and the book is called again. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. You can find it at AscensionPress.com with Jackie and Bobby Angel and, and Father Mike Schmitz here and. Again, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can get the show notes. You can text all things Catholic to 33777. So all things Catholic to 33777. You can subscribe to this podcast here. But I want to go back to this role of following your passion because yeah. I think that's so true. I mean, I, let's bring it to marriage and family life. Yeah. I mean, so just this last week, we had a couple kids throw up and, <laughs> and I just love vomit. I mean, it's yeah, my it's favorite best, thing. It? I, I'm just so passionate mm-hmm. about cleaning a vomit. My wife, I don't know if she's out there, but she can tell you. Like I, I, there's many, I will do many things. I can handle many things in the home, but like, there's one thing I just, I can't handle. I, I'll just, maybe you it. discerned wrong. <laughs> yeah, Cause I don't have a passion about vomit. Yeah. Maybe I discerned oh, wrongly. Maybe I should have been a priest. Is that a sign I, father? Is probably that probably <laughs> was, you missed your vocation. But I think, you know, I think that's that we, we are told this, you know, what's going to yeah. make you come alive yeah. now. Don't get me wrong. I do think the Bible tells us this, right? That God puts his desires on our heart. Yes. You know, but they're the deepest desires. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm passionate about mountain biking. So I guess I should just do that for my career necessarily, you know? Yeah. Um, but but some of the biggest things in life, especially things like a vocation to the priesthood or marriage and family life, involve a lot of stuff day to day that has nothing to do with what you're passionate about or what makes you come alive. I mean, when there's a kid sick in the middle of the night and, you know, my wife says, hey, someone's sick. And, you know, if I just you know, roll over and say, well, I'm not passionate about that. I'm not called to go take care of that kid. Yeah. I don't think that's going to go over well no. in a marriage. And I don't well, think it goes it, over well with God. And yeah, same with the, even your own interior, who, who you are, becoming the person you're called to be is not about like going that, that road of comfort or that road of passion. It's that road of, I mean, what is the road? The road is uh, pick up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. Um, yeah. And so then there's that, that, that doesn't look like, I think the thing the world is selling us. I think if we did that, we'd end up being a bunch of soggy noodles. That's all we would end up being, you know? Yeah. Following is very self-centered way yeah. of doing discernment. Really quick here, because we're, I know we're going to have to wrap up in a bit. Tell me, what are some of the steps? What are some of the practical things you advise people in the book or just in your own work as a spiritual director and yeah. friend to so many young people? What are some of the steps in discernment? Well, um, one of the things I think is, uh, is underrated is part of discernment is gathering data. And so, um, that's Aquinas, by the way. Aquinas yeah, says, first absolutely. step of prudence is the, the process of seeking counsel, he says. And that could be seeking advice. Yep. It also means you know, what, you know, 
learning more about it, going online, you know, we're buying a car, figuring out what car is best or a big decision about the seminary, you know, I think, well, maybe I'll go visit a seminary, talk to a priest about it. So yeah, that's very optimistic. That is the first step. (laughs) And that, and that step of making really, it, it not only is practical in the sense of moving forward, it's also, uh, to know that, okay, this is just gathering data. For example, I have so many people who will go on like a seminary visit or on a convent, uh, visit and, uh, They'll, they think, they, their anticipation is like, okay, when I show up, I'll know. Like when I get there, I'll walk into the, you know, the halls of the, the convent or I'll walk into the, the place of the, of the seminary and just like, oh, it'll be so clear. This is where I'm called to be. Like, no, no, no. The goal of this seminary visit, the goal of this convent visit, the goal of this one date is you're just there to learn. Just sort of learn just like just gathering data because there's so much pressure people internally put on themselves of like is this first date like no they tell you that you know love at first sight or they tell you that you know someone because someone will tell you that they went to the convent and it just felt like home like okay but it doesn't feel like home to me does that mean this is wrong no it just means that you're gathering data and so there's not only the practical sense of like learn more there's also that sense of like don't put the pressure on yourself that now you should know for example i always think of the, this algebra equate balancing or finding solve for x basically and what if they in the in the equation there's you know three y w z x four twelve or something like this well you can't solve for x until you find out what w is and you can't solve for x until you find out what y is and so it's like but i need to know what x is i know just keep gathering data and pretty soon you'll be able to be on your way to find out what x is you know it'll be more and more clear but that, but that thing is it takes time. And if we have a microwave culture, then um, it's really difficult. And I know it's actually not even a cultural thing. So I don't want to go on a tangent here, but I went for myself. I remember getting close to graduating college and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm talking to this priest who was our, our college campus cha- chaplain. And I'm like, father, do I, do I, you know, marry Mel? Do I become a missionary? Do I go to seminary? Do I go to grad school? He's like, I'll just decide. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I, he's like, just choose. I'm like, you know, if I choose this one, I can't choose that one. He's like, well, just choose. And he was so cool about it. Like, I mean, in the sense of like, uh, calm. And I'm like, you have, you have no idea. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, but, but I look back and like, oh, he was right. Cause I did. I just, I chose, I became a missionary for a year, dated the same girl. And in that route, God's will was unfolded. So I started moving. So one is the data gathering, gathering, data gathering. <laughs> Second is, okay, I'm taking some initial steps and our steps become clearer the more we move forward with the Lord, right? So it's not just kind of like blindly moving forward, but our steps become clearer the more we move forward. And this is the last, if you don't mind if I give the one last image. Please, please. So one of my favorite images is, uh, have you ever sighted in a gun? Yes. So you take a rifle out, so it's yep. deer season, not deer season yet, it's before deer season. And so you take your gun, you don't just take your gun out of the case and from last year and uh, wait for a deer. Weeks beforehand, you take the case out, or take the gun out of the case and you line up Go to a place where you can line up the target in the site. And then you have to pull the trigger. That's like at some point, so it's a safe place. There's not a deer there. There's, it's not like the stakes are not super high. It's you just line up on the target. You have to pull the trigger. And then you see, okay, where did the bullet go? Is it to the right? Is it to the left? Is it too low? And you make adjustments and you shoot again. You make adjustments, you shoot again. And you do this in the non-critical moments so that when it comes to, okay, now it's opening morning and there's a deer. Like I've already gotten to the place where I've figured out what needs to be changed, what needs to be adjusted on this scope and with this rifle so that I know exactly where, how to hit my target this time. And I think that's so good when it comes to discernment. So it's not, not wait till the last week of class and now I have to discern the rest, next step of the rest of my life. But it's that sense of like on a daily basis, I'm saying, okay, God, um, is this your voice? I'll take a step and see if that was your voice. Okay, there's fruit. 
great. Okay, that sounded like God. I took a step. Yeah, that didn't really, there was bad fruit there. Okay, maybe. And those initial little steps, just pulling the initial trigger steps, pulling once trigger. or twice yeah. on the practice field. On the right? safe yeah. stuff. Is is not a big deal. Like no. your life, it's, I think sometimes people think, my, if I, if I, it's like you decided to go be a missionary. You decided to date a girl for that first year. And was your life ruined because it wasn't what God had planned? No, it was actually in God's will is revealed in yeah. the midst of taking steps. It's when we just are paralyzed. Yeah. And that. We're not moving at all. And I think a lot of that comes from a complete lack of trust. Yeah. Oh you know, my ultimately, gosh, like, we need so to have huge. total trust that Yeesh. even if I make a mistake, like even if it's not what God plans long-term for me, that God can still write straight with my crooked lines. Yeah. And the most important thing the saints tell us and discern is that if he sees our really good intention, like he says, I'm really trying to seek his will. I'm, I'm really trying. He's going to bless whatever yeah. we're going to do. And it may, again, it may not be the thing for long-term. But you're taking those initial steps towards something and walking with God as opposed to someone just holding back in fear, paralyzed and not moving at all. God, it's harder for God to work with something like that. Yeah, it's, it's like trying to, before power steering, like trying to steer the car when it was not moving. You can't like, you hardly have to really wrestle with that steering wheel in order to, in order to try to, it doesn't even go anywhere. He's like, no, I'm facing left, but it doesn't take me anywhere. So yeah, to be moving. Yeah. You said the word, you, that keyword trust, so huge. Like, do I really truly believe that God knows me better than I know myself and God loves me better than I love myself? Because if that's the case, then I can trust him. And it's not, he's not like he's, uh, his path for my life is, uh, is this mystery that I have to be Sherlock Holmes in order to like, can recognize the hidden clues. It's like, no, he's actually actively speaking because he knows how I think, knows what I need him to say. And he knows what he needs to say to get me to the place because he loves me. You know, it's just that, do I trust that? That's that, that's key. Number one, trust. Excellent. Like well, that. I'm so excited that this book is out there. It's going to bless so many people. We're so thankful for all the work you do, Father. Thanks, Dr. You, you bless so many people through your work in evangelization around the world. I meet people, you know, I always talk about Father Mike's videos. And, uh, well, I'm super know, grateful so. that you're doing this podcast <laughs> because I remember talking with you. That's right. In Colorado. Oh, yes. You, this, this, the reason this podcast exists has to do with a conversation. In, in my own little discernment. There yeah, we go. That's, yeah. that's right. When we were in Colorado together a couple years ago, I was kicking this around. We you went know, for like, that walk. This? Yeah. I said, what do you think? And, and you, you really encouraged me to do it. Well, here we are. And you're on the show now. And it's, it's such a full <laughs> circle. What a gift, though, because I I, I, well, I told you at the time, like the the the, the insight, the knowledge, the uh, experience, the wisdom you have, just to be able to share that with the world, not just at a conference and not just in your classroom, but like here is just such a gift to people, everyone who listens to this podcast. So I'm really grateful. Okay, well, that. I'm glad I could discern with you and, and you accompanied <laughs> me through that process there. Well, everyone, again, check out Father Mike's new book with uh, Bobby and, and and Jackie Angel. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. What a title. That's yeah, awesome. Don't Pray, worry. Decide, and Don't Worry. <laughs> you can find it uh, at ascensionpress.com. It's just newly out there. Also, if you want to learn more about this podcast, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on the uh, on all all platforms basically it's called all things catholic i'm your host edward sri i'll mention this there if you're looking it up on itunes don't put just sri my last name because if you do that you'll find an indian hindu guru okay and that's not me that's not you okay, well, it's <laughs> people not you. told me that i look for you but i saw an indian hindu guru you have to put edward sri and you can find me it's called all things catholic or you can simply text all things catholic to three three triple seven here and you can Get on to the the show, the the show notes for that as well. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Father Mike for all he does. And let's pray for all these people here at this conference that the Lord will bless them, especially in whatever they may be discerning. Amen. God bless.